Hello, and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Uh, my name is Don Pelto, and I have Mr. Joseph Kenrick here. Uh, welcome, Joe. How are you doing, Dr. Peltro? It's uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about using technology in your in your practice. Um, tell me about your 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 kind of your your background in terms of your interest in technology um, specifically. How did you get interested, and in then helping people with high tech things in their practice? Well, uh, not to go too far back, but I was a mailman and I hated it uh, at that time. And I had put myself through school as a carpenter and I recognized there was a problem with communication. So one day uh, I saw a friend of mine, he had a Nextel phone and thought, okay, this makes all the sense in the world. I'm going into sales. Uh, and so when I identified that sales was actually solving a problem, uh, it became very easy for me. Uh, then I had the opportunity to go into medical sales, and I looked at uh, lasers at that time, and I've been in lasers uh, for the last 21 years, helping doctors adopt that technology into their practices. Okay. Yeah. So doing laser, now, um, I, before we chatted a little bit about this, and let's talk about technology. I know some there are some secrets or some issues, like, for example, we have some technology, some are 30,000, some are 60,000, yeah. lasers probably somewhere around that. What's the dirty secret about the cost of technology? Like what a doctor says, you know, I'm not going to pay 30 or 60 or $80,000 for a laser or for any other like shockwave or any other type of treatment. Right. I think, I think the interesting thing is for doctors is they look at it as a capital expense, mm -hmm. right? Like their uh, their lift chair goes bad, their phone system goes bad, their uh, AC goes bad, they have to pay that out of their present revenue, right? So the secret about technology is this: one, it's not a capital expense; it's an investment. And number two, if you actually understand how to analyze equipment and understand the return on investment, what you will find is it typically only takes about one to two patients a month to cover the cost, and then after after that, everything's profit. So if most of your doctors see, let's say, 100 patients a week, right, and you need two patients, so you need 2% of your patients on the first week to say yes. Well, if that 2% happens on the second, third, and fourth week also, now you've generated 400% return, you pay, your, pay it down, and you still have 300% uh, profit that you've made. So most doctors look at the top number, whether it's 30,000 or 60,000 and say, I can't afford that. But the reality is your patients buy equipment for you. Uh, and based on the type of service that provides, it's a profit center. That's so, awesome. That, you know, um, because uh, we're, we're kind of just chatting here yep. in, our, in our experience, and I'd like to know what other technologies, laser is one, what are some of the other ones that you, you, you've found that are very beneficial? Uh, yep. But in our office, we, we did an ultrasound. And in Massachusetts, yep. ultrasound typically isn't covered by most insurances, Medicare, is, but a lot of them aren't. And they just pay $100 a, an ultrasound. And we paid that off real quick. Um, focused and radial shockwave, we have yep. both of them. And we've yep. paid them off really quick with that whole kind of thing. I'm trying to think of... We decided not to do um, the the laser uh, for nail fungus, frankly, because I don't, I'm sorry to say this if the rep is listening, but I don't believe in nail fungus laser. And so I didn't want to buy yet another one because we right. have a Qterra, which didn't work. And now I have another one. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to bad mode with anyone. That doesn't work in my opinion. So right. I do it for patients that like don't want to do the Lamisil. Right. And in, in they can't, and I don't think the topicals work, so they do the laser. But what are some of the other um, technologies? So uh, MLS lasers, one, are any other yep. technologies that you found that are good investments? 
Yeah, so you talked about Shockwave. So that's a great device. There's there's variations on that. There's different companies that make different types of Shockwave, but those create patients and create great value for the practice also. Uh, there's Swift uh, microwave mm-hmm. uh, wart removal. So, you know, what I tend to do is talk to doctors about uh, creating a cash flow snowball, right? Ooh. So buy the thing that buys the next thing for you. So if you have a technology that can throw off, can not only pay for itself, but then let's say generate $60,000 a year, that $60,000 can now buy the next piece of equipment, which let's say is 30,000. Well, if that $30,000 device is also throwing off another 30,000, now the next year you've got 90,000, right? Between the two devices. So you use the devices to buy the next device that's going to fund a cash snowball. And the more you can do that and delegate that to your staff, now you're generating revenue in different rooms while you're doing surgery or you're helping your patients in the other room. So it just becomes an opportunity to really expand your practices by offering new services. I, I really like that. It reminds me of, uh, is his name Dave Rams- Ramsey? He talks yeah. about the debt snowball thing, but yeah. I, I like that idea of one paying for itself. And um, I think we think of doctors kind of investing in another doctor and they'll right. produce more, but I like the idea of technology. And that's where I think a lot of the fast food restaurants, they're putting up these kiosks because yes. you build one kiosk and you never pay anything again. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't go on vacation, right? And these don't require us, like the some of these lasers and other types of things. They don't need us as the doctors, our, our ability. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about... Um, Return on investing, um, like investing in the market versus investing in your practice. Um, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean about that? So if you take a look at the market, if, if you were able to generate, let's say, 20% in the market, you would be a rock star, right? Nobody oh, okay. gets yeah. So my investments, like my 401k or yeah, other type of investments, huh? Correct. So if you were able to put that into the market and get 20%, you would be a rock star and your money would double every three and a half years or so. That's generally what happens using the rule of 72. But if I took an, if I drew a graphic of what that looks like for every dollar you put in at the end of the year, your 20% return would be the dollar and two dimes, 20 cents, Mm -hmm. 20%. Whereas if you invest in technology, that same dollar is gonna generate four or five or six or $7 on a monthly basis. So what we see is most doctors will see anywhere from a 400 to an 800% return on their investment in their own practice by buying technology. Now, the other thing to consider is this, you can't control the market. Market has a blip, there goes some percentage of money, inflation is high, you can't control that. I mean, you have money in the market, you have to let it sit until it comes back, right? You don't control any of that, but you control your practice. You control what you offer to your patients. You Mm -hmm. can control what you talk to your patients about. You control what you market about, and you control what you differentiate your practice from all the other practices. So it's much easier to take a dollar invested and turn it into four to eight dollars return in your own practice than it is throwing it in the market. I, I love the. I love your. Those are very smart analogies. It reminds me. Uh, when I was younger, I liked to read, for some reason, I like to read sales books. So like Tom Hopkins, I just like, I'm not a salesperson, but I just like to read those. I think, cause I think it's applied psychology. It My is. favorite is Caldini. Um, he, he wrote a book called influence. Yes. And, yes. And, Cause we're influencing patients 
the right way. And, and what you said in terms of like talking to patients, we have a choice what we talk about. And one of my biggest mistakes, Joseph, in the beginning is I would spend a half hour talking about a $5 pad right. in, in the beginning because you're offering all these things. Right. So I talk a half hour about a $5 pad. And what I've realized now, I just give the $5 pad and I'll talk about orthotics or I'll talk about some other type of modality that's going to be much more beneficial to the patient and for, and for the practice. So let, let's talk about a couple of the ways that we can generate revenue in, in, in the practice. I think you're talking more like in terms of adding on services and things like that. Right. So first thing, I, I kind of want to touch on something because yeah. you brought it up and you're talking about sales books, is most doctors seem to be concerned about selling, right? That's their concern. They, they, they feel awkward about the idea that they're selling. From my point of view, you do that every single day, whether you re recognize it or not, because more times than not, doctors think that selling is some kind of sleazy thing, yeah. car salesman, manipulative pressure. It's really not. It's a process of educating the patient and then recommending. So every day you talk to a patient and you say, Mrs. Johnson, you have this condition and these are our options. I can, uh, you know, we can do an injection. Uh, we could do surgery. We could boot you. You know, you're going to give that patient a series of options. They're going to ask you questions so that they clarify what those options are and maybe a little bit about the expense. And then they'll say to you, well, I think what I'd like to do is go with the injection and boot it first. And if that doesn't work, then we can look at possibly doing surgery, right? And then you say as a doctor, yes, Mrs. Johnson, that makes sense right? Because they're going to typically choose the most conservative next step, mm -hmm. right? Okay, that's selling. Correct. That is educating and recommending to your patient, and they're making a voluntary decision that's going to cost them money, but they're okay with that because they want the benefit. So it's a voluntary exchange to, to trade value. You provide your time and your expertise and they get the benefit of not being in pain in a short period of time, right? Yeah. So that is selling. So that's one of the things that kind of hold doctors back from adding technology. But once you understand that and realize I'm just offering services that provide a new uh, a result for a need that my patient has, and it, and it offers better outcomes than what was necessarily available through the insurance-based model, then patients will adopt it. I think that's probably the most surprising thing for doctors is when they first bring in uh, a cash modality and become a hybrid practice where they're offering cash and insurance, how readily their patients will actually adopt cash modalities. You know, Joseph, um, what you said, if, if everyone hasn't heard of this book, it's Robert Caldini, it's called Influence. Yes. And what he states in that book is you can, it, it, just like anyone, you could be a, a, a used car salesman and try to, you know, fleece people for money, which sure. I don't think any of us would have gotten into medicine to do that. Or you have to help patients. Like if you're not good at influencing patients, they're not going to do the stretching regimen. They're not going to buy the new shoes. They're not going to do right. these things that they need to do or schedule physical therapy or do things. So you have to be able to do that. And, right. and then the other thing, I think one of the other, if we wanted to touch about like, what are the reservations for, for me, I'll say for me, is that one is like, will patients do it? Not so much. This, the, the main thing is, is, is will it really work? And, and the way I right. get over that in what I did both with ultrasound and with, with the shockwave and probably MLS, it, I did a lot in the beginning for free. I just tried out to make sure right. I get the results. So I would do it on everyone 
Right. And I didn't charge because I want to build my confidence in that modality. I can't express if anyone's doing new modalities, the reason you don't do more of it is because you're afraid it's not going to work and you're afraid they're going to pay for something that's not going to work. So do it. Right. For, this is my opinion. Do it for free for a period of time. See the results. Yeah. And, and then you'll be confident offering. If you never do that, you're never going to get to the, the, the significant number where you're going to be confident offering. That's that's my opinion. Is that what you find as well? Yeah, actually, we have a lot because we have a lot of doctors that actually have our technology. The doctors get a chance to talk to other doctors and their peers. And a lot of times that helps them get over that bump. Right. Yeah. But to your point, that is a great way of doing it. Let's let let me bring in some of my best clients, my clients that have been with me the longest. Right. My clients that are most compliant that will actually go through whatever the series of treatments are right? Because that doesn't benefit them if they get two out of four or two mm -hmm. out of six, right? Uh, and then show it to them, give it to them for free. And then I would take it one step further. Not only have you confirmed that the technology works, I would get them on video saying how well it worked for them. So their payment is actually just a video testimony that you can now put on the website or put on an iPad or make it available to your patients. So when they come in and they say, well, I heard you have this particular technology, you know, does it work for this? I have this condition, right? And now you've got a video with five patients all saying, yeah, I had the treatment uh, for the laser on plantar fasciitis, worked great. Now yeah. you're not even, again, you're influencing, but is patient to patient education. Right. You know, that's awesome. And I know, uh, I know the doctors that are listening, they're going to complicate things. All you do is you get a cell phone <laughs> and you record it and right. you have a, either a staff record it while you're talking and interviewing them about the questions. What was it like before? How is it now? And yes. what were your results? And then you get a video consent. We have a, a picture and video consent that we have. Um, I'll, I'll put a link to it underneath this video. If you want my consent, you can just modify your own, but it's not complex, but video testimonial is by far the best, even better than Google reviews as a video, as long as you can get it in front of patients. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, so we and, were, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and to that point, a lot of times doctors think they have to be very professional about it. And, and the actuality is patients want to see a nervous patient. They don't mind seeing a little twitch in the camera, you know, the, not to say you're trying to be amateur, but they're okay with that. They're just looking for the information. They're not looking for a production value. And I think what people like, even the reason I like doing this podcast is they like authenticity. Right. They want us to be like, I talk about how like I messed up on this certain thing or how this didn't work. And, and that's the part I like about this. What I like and don't like about technology, I'll, I'll talk about it because not everything's, sure. you know, roses. Yeah. So, um, I think we were left off on two ways to generate revenue in your practice. I think these are like add-on services. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So this is actually looking at your patient population. So if, if you're, and I apologize, because uh, I'm going to use the word business, even though we're talking about a medical practice, but every, every practice or every business is looking to do two things. One, it's looking to sell more services or products. Optimally, it's services because Amazon can sell products. So you really want to focus on services, but you already have a, pre, uh, a present patient population, 3,000, 5,000 people a year, whatever that is, right? So you already have a group of patients who are coming in. They like you, they trust you, they know you, right? Those are the easiest patients to say, oh, and we now have this service, Mrs. Johnson, right? And so you want to grow your practice by offering new services to your present patients and 
optimally, you want that service to differentiate you from other practices in the area. So now you're attracting new patients who are specifically looking for the outcomes that now only you can provide, right? That's awesome. So that's a way to look at your business and, and bring in more revenue. You know, and this kind of draws into that that fifth point that we we're talking about, the fourth patient population is, right. you know, um, we'll give some examples, you know, just dropping names here because they're spending a lot of advertising a lapoplasty, what they're doing is they're buying AdWords in the community where you're at, where I'm at, yep. and patients look up bunion surgery and they're sending them to that site, which then says we're a provider of yep. that service. And I, I think um, same thing for a couple of other technologies, which are simpler, but like CaryFlex and I think Onifix, both of those are just nail procedures and they go to their right. website, they see you're a vendor and they're going to send them there. But Right. Even so, how does it work with like some of these other technologies that you you represent? Do they how do they find out about laser versus just sending a mass email to the patient your patients? Do they look it up online? Does it go to your website? Yeah, a lot of you know. So a laser, a lot of patients already know the concept of lasers. They've heard of lasers. They know that lasers across the board, whether it's toenail laser, whether it's therapy laser, whether it's a surgical laser, they're familiar with the concept, right? So they'll start looking it up. And they, if they if they end up on our website, we too have a list of doctors that offer it in their area, so they can find the doctors. Um, but I will tell you, the the fastest way to grow your practice is just let your patients know you have it, right? So as an example, I had a doctor who had a, a brand new practice. He had a list of three hundred patients. That's it. He did an email blast to those three hundred patients, and he generated eighteen thousand dollars in his first month. Now. What that tells me is there's a pent up demand in your patient population, right? So no matter what your specialty is, you have patients that you wish you could get better results for, or you wish you could improve the results that you're uh, able to achieve. And those patients are willing to pay the, uh, additional to get those results. So it's just a matter of letting them know sometimes that it's available, right? So a lot of times doctors think it's gotta be word of mouth, but you can actively market it's easy to do an email blast and the return on investment for you is going to be significant. Yeah. I, I want to talk about a couple of errors I made if I could, because uh, we've now, when you send out an email, don't do like yep. me where I offer three or four different things. Oh, we got laser. <laughs> we got new appointments. Right. We got this, we got that. Try right. to have, this is my recommendation because I made these mistakes. Pick one focus and just send yeah, it right. out on that. And then remember, just like you, like recently I went to one of these AAPPM meetings and, and the vendor sent one email. Well, I deleted that. They sent one three days later. I deleted that. They sent one about a week later. Okay. I was interested. So if you can send out multiple emails, not to annoy them, but it's right. going to take two or three touch points with them for them to take action. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're giving something of value, maybe like one would be, Hey, we're offering, we'll talk about laser. We're offering laser. Second, here's a patient testimonial of a laser. Um, number right. three, we got this discount for the laser, you know, things like that, three different mechanisms or three different emails or text messages or whatever you want. Do you have any other tips on, on how to do that? Yeah, actually, I like that, uh, what you just said. And I would go one step further is when you get a patient testimonial, turn that into a written story uh, and send that out because people love stories more than they necessarily like to learn about technology. They, you know, they see themselves in the story. You know, well, I have plantar fasciitis, she had plantar fasciitis, and the doctor was able to resolve that with, you know, using their new technology. So I think sometimes stories 
uh, go very well. And even sending out a short video of the patient giving their testimony, because that's an unknown, right? You open up your email, there's a video there, you know the source is your doctor, so it's a friendly source, so you're not worried about the the, the video that's going to you know do something to your email. You'll watch it. It's somebody you can relate to. It's explaining the technology in the doctor's office kind of passively, right? You're not come and get 10% off or anything like that. It's just, hey, this is an issue that a patient had. This is how we resolved it. Wanted to share it with you. Yeah. And, and Joseph, even if the patient won't give that to you, maybe they don't feel comfortable. Right. Um, many times what, what I can do is I can just take those details, put them and actually share the story for the patient. Correct. And so I can say they came in with this and this 71 year old patient with this, we tried this and this and this, and ultimately we ended up doing this, this, this type of technology for them. Hey, we have this now. Would you like to come and see us? So I think that's great. I think that's great. Well, I think we covered a, a lot here today. Um, I think this is going to be very valuable for any of those listening. I, I think the last, we, we talked about differentiating your practice and the patient populations. Anything else that you wanted to mention here before we kind of wrap it up? Um, I'm trying to think uh, offhand uh, what we could also say to your doctors that would be helpful. But I, th I think I'll finish with this is um, things are changing. Things have never been easier or excuse me, things have never been harder for doctors in terms of reimbursements continue to go down. You're now dealing with inflation. A lot of doctors are dealing with staffing issues, right? And so it's easy to kind of tighten up and feel like I just got to hold on to everything that I have and really recognize that all of your colleagues are also doing that. So the, this is the best opportunity to win by increasing your marketing, increasing what you offer, differentiating your practice, uh, and letting people know. Because what you'll find is people who have problems that have been ongoing for a long period of time are looking for solutions all the time. And if you bring that to their attention by showing that you've differentiated your practice, they'll come to you and you'll you'll actually grow your practice during difficult times. And we saw that during COVID and uh, we see it today. That's awesome. Um, so my one action takeaway for you guys is pick one technology that you're doing in your practice and just send out an email this week saying, hey, you might not know about it. This is a new technology. Kind of send that out and see what the see what the return on that little email blast is. Yeah. And Joseph, if people want to learn kind of more about you and your company, is there a website or what's the best way to get in contact? And we'll put it underneath the video here. Yeah. So I'm uh, my best uh, contact is through uh, LinkedIn. So it's Joseph Kenrick at LinkedIn, uh, and the company is Cutting Edge Lasers. So uh, that is just C E Lasers plural dot com. And they Great. Can learn hey, thank you. Them. Thank you so much. We were very um, generous in your knowledge. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem, Dr. Pelto. Nice meeting you.